All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, how's it going? First of all, congratulations. Uh, County Highway did great in its opening, seems to me. Yeah, it's been around for a week. Uh, People can still subscribe and get the first issue. But uh, in the first few days of its existence, uh, we logged as many subscriptions as we hoped to for a long time. Um, And uh, it's taking off uh, and people now will begin reading it, I hope, uh, and start sharing its contents, even though it's not available online. So all I want to hear online are the superlatives attached to the various articles. Right. Yeah, particularly my own. Um, But (laughs) it's uh, it's going well. And and who would have thought that a newspaper that doesn't go on the Internet that looks like something from 150 years ago would have immediate appeal? But uh, it seems well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to have people are going to have to share it and different. They're going to have to physically meet other people and and hand it over. Samadzat, right? Samadzat literature. Samadzat, yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. I think the idea is that a physical object lying on somebody's uh, coffee table or on the seat of their car can have a life of its own as it circulates physically through the population in a different way than things mm-hmm. do when they're shared. Um, and in this case, it's the whole newspaper, not just particular articles. So. Uh, I, I'm pleased with this subversive, nostalgic uh, blow to the digital age that we've launched. Uh, and I can't it's wait awesome. to see it. Yeah. Luddite revolution. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's great news. Uh, so yeah. this is this was a a crazy, yet another crazy news week. We, um, we had difficulty even deciding what to to discuss this week until this bomb dropped just before the show basically this is going to come out on friday morning so everyone's going to know by now but the there was a a bit of a shocking decision in um the hunter biden plea deal which was supposed to go through um on wednesday and did not and the judge in case in something that's very rare rejected a plea deal basically saying that she didn't want to be uh, a rubber stamp. Now, there's varying interpretations of what actually happened there, but uh, in my lifetime, I only remember one instance of this happening. There was a famous instance when a judge, a very principled judge named Jed Rakoff, threw out a sweetheart deal for Citigroup uh, and got himself in very hot water for doing that. Uh, But this is going, this decision to reject Hunter Biden's plea deal is going to start a gnashing of teeth that will echo through Washington for quite some time because now people are going to read this case and wow is it crazy uh i think we we're both learning about it Walter what are your impressions of this whole thing well i i told you before the show that i've been laughing all morning i get up very early to do this show and uh for about 3 hours i i've been reading uh reports and comments on this plea deal and on the case in general. And uh, I'm I'm aghast. I have to laugh because, first of all, the corruption that's alleged 
which we wouldn't really know all the details of if we weren't taking this second look, I think. Right, is, exactly. It's just flabbergasting. I mean, here we have dealings with a country which we are now funding, whose government we are now funding, and whose you know war efforts we are now funding to the tune of you know a hundred billion plus dollars, and we have this country sending money to this panoply of cutout corporations uh, put together, I guess, by Hunter or his people, and it's kind of a lot of money, uh, though it's not a lot of money if it buys you you know, the government, the U.S. government and its good graces sums over a hundred billion dollars. It's kind of amazing how, uh, <laughs> how good a deal that is for, for, for the corrupt people of, you know, Burisma and so on. But in any case, right. y- y- you get the sense that it was the deal of a century. Uh, and, uh, these, um, these payments, were were so thinly disguised as to be, you know, laughable. It was the thinnest pretext that there was actual business involved here. Um, you know, and and but we can get to the case itself. Then what's crazy is that this plea deal basically offered a, a kind of uh, widespread, ongoing, in perpetuity immunity to prosecution for all this stuff. Should we read that line? I think we got to read the line because I read the plea deal this morning. It's a sweetheart deal, like, you know, a diversion program for a felony gun charge. I'm not sure I've ever heard of that before. But then towards the end, there's this, uh, I guess it's point 15. The United States agrees not to criminally prosecute Biden outside the terms of this agreement for any federal crimes encompassed by the attached statement of facts. Uh I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that. Have you? And it also seems that that was hidden somehow in in the plea deal because there's a, a do you understand this, Matt? There's a text of the plea deal itself, and then there is another deal that they entered into with the government in which a lot of this stuff is is concealed. Um, I don't know if you oh, I didn't even that. know that there's a side deal. Well, th- there, wow. there's a. In the diversionary, uh, I think in the diversionary segment, um, uh, I'll have to have to take a look. Well, I, I, I don't think I'm spreading it. the dread misinformation there, but it, it, from from my reading, it appeared that. Um, this wasn't a very uh, transparent uh, deal at all, um, even though it was ultimately a rather simple one, as you just <laughs> stated. You know, you're free as a bird, basically. And uh, um, I, I, so, so what's making me laugh are, are, are three things. One, the nature of the alleged crimes. I, I mean, they're, they're shockingly... Um, they're brazen. They're brazen. Uh, millions and millions of dollars flowing into the, a crazy quilt of cutout shell corporations. Um, and uh, you know, then 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 number two, there's a sense that 
no one was watching. I mean, no one was watching. This went on for so long and was and 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 there have been eyes on this these people for a long time now. I mean, it's not like we just heard the name Hunter Biden or we just heard these allegations in general. You would imagine that uh, a lot of this stuff has been known in some way for a very long time. So there's an overarching wider story of how this um, how this plea deal was ground to a halt, why it stopped. That among other things, uh, has its genesis in the whistleblowers from the IRS coming forward, uh, you know, testifying before Congress, and then the GOP and then the Heritage Foundation and some other uh, plaintiffs who didn't appear to have standing filing a brief to this court objecting to the plea deal. And there's a huge amicus brief with exhibits that include testimony of the IRS whistleblowers. And this is sort of a Hail Mary by the Republicans to try to get the judge to say, to look at certain evidence and say, wow, this deal sucks a lot worse than I thought it did. And it's covering up all kinds of stuff and I can't agree to it. So you you, you read through the exhibits, which are now on the docket of the court case Mm -hmm. because they've been filed uh, in this amicus, amicus brief. And here is there is where you see all the details now a lot of people have been paying attention over the course of of this spring especially as this stuff has come out there have been news stories about these whistleblowers but if you actually read all this testimony from the irs whistleblower especially this gary shapely um it's just shocking how a how primitive some of this uh, corruption and and scheming was, and B, how craven the behavior of all the law enforcement figures were in response to this. It's almost like the, um, remember that Dave Chappelle skit where he tries to turn the justice system on its head and, um, you know, shows what it would look like to, uh, to uh, if, the government started treating black drug dealers the way they treat like the heads of banks. And, you know, they sort of apologetically call up, uh, you know, crack dealer Tron Carter and say, can you come in on Thursday for your plea deal? And he <laughs> says, no, I've got some punani. I need to come in later. And, and they're like, okay, well that happens in this case. There's a, a situation. Basically Hunter, Hunter Biden is getting these gigantic payments from Burisma. From Ukraine, or like it's like a million something dollars a year, uh, eighty three grand a month for nothing. Uh, it goes to him. He gives the money back to Burisma. Burisma then gives the money back to him. I mean, not not to Burisma. He gives the money to Rosemont Seneca, which is this sort of shell company that he has with his partners. Rosemont Seneca gives the money back to him, and then Hunter says to the tax authorities, "Oh, it's a loan. It's not an income." It's not income. It's a loan. It's a loan. It's a loan. And so, so the, um, the, this guy Shapley is looking at this and, and he's, he's listening to all these other people in his orbit, um, including like, you know, the people representing Biden, but also people within 
both the DOJ, the IRS, and they're all trying to tell him how complicated it is. And he's like, it's not complicated. As soon as he got the money, that's a taxable event. Like, that's it. But everybody's pretending that there's something more there than him getting a huge payoff. And then there's a whole list of shell companies like Rosemont Seneca that exist for this exact purpose. And he says this explicitly, like that all these different companies exist for him to give money back to and then like return to him as loans. And should we just read out these, this list of shell companies? Uh, yeah, a lot of them have Rosemont in their t- title. I don't know what Rosemont means, why it's such a dear word to, to these people. Yeah, they're they're asking him, okay, so Lion Hall Group LLC, yes. Uh Owasco PC, yes. Robinson Walker LLC, yes. Uh Danny Atlas LLC, yes. Seneca Global Partners, yes. Rosemont Seneca Partners, Rosemont Seneca Principal Investments, Rosemont Reality, Rosemont Seneca Technology Partners. It just goes on and on and on. We can't even do it. The show would we'd be doing it all day. And <laughs> This is the guy exists basically to take payoffs from all these different actors, Romania, China. Um, I, it looks bad. Um, so people are now going to look at this, I, I imagine. And I, I think the myth that there is nothing to this case is going to come to a close at this point. Well, no? where where did that myth come from in the first place that there was nothing to this case? Because there's so much to this case that it's almost a, a job in itself to just, uh, you know, account for how much there is. Uh, uh, what was the first line of defense against this being a serious uh, allegation, set of allegations? I, I don't remember now. The, the two Hunter's things private people always citizen. said were one. Yeah, he's a private citizen. It doesn't involve Joe. And uh, at, at most, it's soft corruption, right? What you call soft corruption, right? Like he t- he's taking a, a position on a, on a board and getting paid, but there's no evidence that he did anything wrong. Um, and they're not charging him with, you know, taking a no-show job or, or being or bribery or, you know, any of those things. They're just charging him with you know, tax offenses, basically. But what seems seems to have come out in all this is that there are ongoing investigations that we don't know about. Right. And that they were trying to immunize in this deal. Right. Right. I mean, that, that, that's what's, that's what's so crazy. Yeah. So his defense knows his defense knows there are other investigations going on. The, the judge just seems to have gotten wind of it though. Yeah, the, the, there was an exchange in court, and we ha- we have to go back and look at the transcript and see exactly what happened because uh, I was a little confused by what the reports were. But as the as they were reading out the terms of this agreement, the judge um, was essentially saying, um, "Is it so?" My our understanding is that this immunizes X, but doesn't Im- doesn't immunize. Um, against other uh, activities outside the scope of the statement of facts, at which point Biden's lawyers apparently seem surprised um, from according to a couple of reports, which leads me to think that they thought this this deal 
immunized everybody against everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a version of this story that we have to clarify, but there's a version of this story where it, it, it was both the judge and the defense that objected to the plea deal in the end. But yeah, as though the, as though the defense suddenly realized, wait, we, we, we thought we'd nailed this thing down. We thought this was airtight. Uh, now, on second glance, uh, our scheme wasn't as complete as we hoped. Uh, let, let's get rid of this. Right. You're only giving us a pass between 2014 and 2019. What good does that do? <laughs> right. You know, right. we've been corrupt our whole lives, you know. Right. Um, you, you can. But, you know, the statute of limitations, I guess, is for, for these kinds of tax offenses is six years. So for the civilian. What is the relationship between this case and what's going on in the house? In other words, we have two we we have two streams of uh, investigation or, or 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 you know inquiry uh, about Hunter Biden and you know the Biden family because a lot of this does involve others. Um, so you've got this tax case and you have this plea deal that covers this gun charge and, and so on. But in the House, what they're investigating are other things, correct? Yes. And that, that's part of what came out in this uh, IRS whistleblower testimony. I mean, there's this incredible passage in there where, where they, uh, the majority um, in, uh, in, committee testimony is asked the republicans are asking can we go back and can you you know tell us about the tax year 2019 and um shapely says yeah i can do that but let's let's take a look at the global arrangement uh and just the reading of this is amazing so he says Global income streams for everyone altogether so it's for the period of 2014 to through 2019 um, so the total global transfers that Hunter and his associates would have received from Ukraine, Romania, and China was 17.3 million approximately. Okay. So a staggering amount. So Burisma paid everyone involved 6.5 million. Um, then he goes on to, to list the lawyers, some other people who got money from Burisma. Then he says approximate total transfers from the Romania company. I say the Romania company, I just want to keep it at that. To everyone was 3.1 million. The total transfers from HW3, I don't know what that is, to everyone was, um, I think that's the, the Chinese uh, entity, right? To everyone was 3.7 million. Total energy and total transfers from State Energy HK to Rob Walker was 3 million, uh, or to Robinson Walker LLC, correct that. So that gives you 17.3 million. So I'm assuming this is only a partial. I mean, they, again, they're, they're, this all came out of an, um, an investigation of one thing in particular. So I'm, I'm sure they don't have the global picture of everything. And this is just involving Hunter, from what I understand. So they haven't even got into the other members of the family or, or other things. And if the, if the structure is the same, with all of those companies that I listed before, as as it is with Rosemont Seneca and what he described, then basically it's just a series of shell companies that exist 
to accept payments from various entities. And for what? It's not clear. <laughs> like, I don't think they're actually doing any work. So, and then you add that to the, the fact that Devin Archer is going to testify, the, you know, his business partner, from Rose, Rosemont Seneca, and he's about to go to jail for ripping off, um, for the great American you know, pl- politically corrupt tradition of ripping off Native American tribes. Um, and he, there have been rumors going around for a while that he had some explosive things to say. And there was a New York Post article this week basically saying that he's going to testify to 12 phone calls to Burisma from Joe Biden uh, or that that involved Joe Biden um, during this period. So it sounds like what the, the Republicans are trying to do is bring out all this stuff in Congress because they're not doing it through the justice system and to force somebody's hand to make it happen there. Uh, and that's kind of a Hail Mary given the circumstances, but it looks like they, you know, they, they, they won round one. It looks like, is that a, is that a wrong interpretation of no, this? No, that sounds right. I mean, as to the phone calls, you said they're not necessarily phone calls from Joe, because as I read it, there was a apparent habit of calling up Joe. Uh, Hunter would say, you can get him on the phone right, right now. And, and he right. would, yeah. he would prove his his access by getting his, you know, getting his dad to, uh, you know, speak to the group wherever it was. Um, and, uh, I mean, that, that's about as damning if that's true as, as I can imagine. I mean, everyone understands that, uh, there are no dead drops involved in that. There's no trade craft involved in, Hey, you know, um, here we are, here I am peddling influence. And just to, in case you don't think I have influence to pedal, here's my dad on the phone. Um, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and, and so, you know, you, you look at this, Matt, and you really wonder why impeachment isn't being discussed more loudly. I do. Uh, you know, they have the ability to investigate this. They don't have to go through the criminal system. Uh, they have their own constitutional uh, ability to judge these matters, um, high crimes and dis- misdemeanors and so on. They, they don't have to wait. Uh, and so why are they? And I'm starting to see from certain Congress people uh, that word being used more emphatically. Uh, it feels to me just looking at it from afar, like there's some kind of a pressure campaign on Biden. Uh, you know, don't make us do this, uh, do the right thing. Yeah. This uh, is the Frankie Pantangela moment, right? Where, where the, who was it who came to Frankie Pantangelo and the Godfather? Is it, or is it Godfather part two? And basically said, you got to take one for the team. And he, he opens his veins rather than testifying. Um, right. Right. And, uh, you know, somebody is somebody putting the squeeze on Joe Biden. Um, uh, there's, it certainly feels like, um, that could be possible. Um, well, maybe and, and, he's and, being pressured. And this mm-hmm. goes back to Joe's vice presidency in the Obama administration, you know? So, um, 
there's at least the possibility that it spreads more widely, you know, that they start asking questions about who else knew this was going on. Uh, you have a rogue vice president um, operating in this way and it's unknown to the people above him. I mean, was was Joe Biden really able to conduct himself in this fashion without the knowledge of his bosses, as it were? Or and his- the NSA? Uh, well, what's the likelihood that that a phone call from Burisma, from from a sanctioned you know, company to right that involves right. the vice president of the United States isn't an uh, overseas phone call. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, the whole thing looks like a rat's nest almost beyond imagining. And, and, um, <laughs> yeah, you read about it and in every Twitter thread and so on, the third, uh, the third comment is, but Trump, you know, um, as though that's going to be the defense of all bad behavior going forward in the history of America, but Trump was worse. Um, though it's unclear how, in this case, he rivaled any of this well, behavior. The usual thing is J- Jared Kushner did a $2 billion deal in Saudi Arabia or whatever it is. But this, this is a little different because this, this is, I, I feels like outright influence peddling. Right. But- in some ways, in some ways, a penny ante crime, not that millions of dollars is penny ante, is more understandable to the common person than other things. You know, once things get into the billions, they become kind of abstract and esoteric. But everybody understands a million bucks, you know, Austin Powers, one right. million dollars. <laughs> um, and and uh, but 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 yeah, I mean, frankly, I read some of this stuff and I go. They should ask for more. I mean, <laughs> if this was truly a quid pro quo and and the thing that they got in return for it was, you know, infinite backing from the US Treasury, let's let's imagine. Right. Um, I would I would ask for more than one million dollars a year, you know. Right. Doesn't that seem so amateur? How much do you want? A million dollars a year, you know. <laughs> uh like <laughs> why not three point four? You know, yeah. When, um, Especially anyway. from what what they were buying too, and this is a point that um, you know there was a Russian reporter who I who I knew who did who wrote a story about Burisma. Uh, this woman Yulia Latinina did a story about. Remember, there was a whole question of were there any cases open involving Burisma when right. Joe Biden and she found one. This this Russian reporter. Uh, she was working for Novaya Gazeta, which is like the anti-Putin paper. Mm-hmm. She put out this thing, and one of her points in the piece was that Burisma was at the very, at the bare minimum, when they were paying Hunter, they were buying what the Russians call a krisha, a roof. They were the the appearance of protection. Mm-hmm. So, what whether he actually delivered or not, it's it's like incredibly valuable to Burisma to have, you know, the former president of Poland and, um, you know, the, and Hunter Biden on the board because it, it announces to the world, like, you know, if you're going to try to bring international criminal charges against us or whatever, like there might be complications. Um, and that's incredibly valuable, even if they're not delivering, but 
you know, if, if they can show that they're actually getting Joe on the phone in, say, a Burisma board meeting, I mean, that's a that's game over, isn't it? Have there been any credible rumors about what might have been actually said by Joe on the phone? Is it just, hi there, I'm here, I love you guys, listen to Hunter, I got your back, see ya? Or is it anything that's thought to be specific? I'm looking at the um, the, the Miranda Devine um, story. And uh, I guess Hunter and Archer were at the Four Seasons Bar somewhere, and Vadim Pajarski, um, who's a you know Burisma executive, says, "Can you get your? Can you ring your dad?" And does Hunter then call his father, put him on speaker, place the phone at the table, and introduce the Ukrainians to Joe Biden by name? Um, as Nikolai and Vadim. He also said words to the effect that the Burisma bigwigs need our support. VP Biden greeted the Ukrainians, but spoke only in vague pleasantries during the short call and in other such interactions and other such interactions with Hunter's overseas business partners. Archer is expected to testify. So, you know, she doesn't really describe anything in particular that they asked for, but it's just the the idea that they need our support. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's more. I don't know. We'll see. Or less. You know, we'll see. But Are there supposedly actual transcripts of these phone calls? I mean, do we get to know what the vague pleasantries were? Um, well, we... If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the full version... And for more articles and content, please subscribe to Racket News at taibi.substack.com or racket.news.